You're watching Tech Talk in affiliation with Tech for Techs. We're a community that supports independent trade with the help of vendors and distributors. We're live every Thursday at 8 p.m. London time and we'll be streaming to Facebook and YouTube, Twitter and Twitch. You can listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google, TuneIn and many more. And now, the moment you've been waiting for, and your host, Philip Griffiths. Welcome to Tech for Tech Tech Talk. This is a live show where we discuss different ways to help your IT business grow. My name is Philip Griffiths, and I'm your host today. This episode is Should I Open a Store? We are joined today by the boss, or should I mean Jenny. Uh, we also got Ben on the show, Tim, David, and a newcomer called Chris. So let's move on. Okay, sorry. Before I go any further, can everyone hear us okay and see us okay? Because I've uh, just had a message saying we've got static, so please let us know in chat if you can hear us and see us properly. Before we go on any further, if you are in the Tech for Tech Facebook group, make sure you click the link, which I'll put in chat in a few seconds, which is chat.restream.io forward slash FB. This will allow you to basically... Uh, allow your name to be seen within the chat screen. Otherwise, you'll be known as a Facebook user. Okay, so it looks like everyone can see us. So hi, Peter. Hi, Richard. Hi, Cormac. Uh, hi, Rich again. Uh, and also hi to Facebook user. Oh, it's Drew from Greentail. There we go. Right, so oh God, we're on the big screen TV, apparently, at Drew's house. So uh, we better all be nice. Right, okay, so let's move on to introductions. So, Jenny, if you would like to introduce yourself, let everyone know who you are, what you do, and what your tip, advice, story of the day is. Thank you, Bill. Um, I'm Jenny. I'm the owner of Tech Cortex. Um, when I'm not doing videos and, and stuff like that for Tech Cortex, um, I'm working on machines, building them, repairing them, you name it, all things tech-related. Okay. My tech, my tech story today is it's not a tip and it's and all that. It's it's sort of an update. We've been talking lately in Tech for Techs about an event that we will be doing possibly in next year, uh, all things uh, considered. Uh, it's called Tech Max, and I just wanted to bring the members of Tech Protects up to date on Tech Max. Yes, we are getting things underway at the moment. I'm looking at some venues uh, right now. I've got three booked in to view in the next week, two of which are a hotel, and one is a football stadium. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at um, Chesterfield. Uh, football stadium for us and hopefully one of these will will have something that can uh, um be an all-rounder for us what i'm looking for is plenty of parking good internet plenty of room for everyone plenty of outlets you know for our equipment and such and and either if not on site rooms for you to stay over at least for it to be in the vicinity 
of a good, respectable hotel. So I'm going to work on that for you. And fingers crossed, um, we should get some results. I also have two more that I discovered today that I haven't looked in yet. But we've got things underway. Right, thank you, Jen. Okay, guys, we're aware there's a few uh, clipping issues at Jen's end, and I'll have a look at that in a few minutes. Um, but uh, first of all, we'll say hi to Steve uh, Cheswick. Uh, oh, sorry, Steve from Cheswick, Cheswick Computers. Yeah. Get Cheswick, get it right. Um, even better. Uh, so there we go. Right, so let's move on to Ben. So, Ben, if you want to introduce yourself, let everyone know who you are and what your tip story is of the day. Evening, Phil. Thank you. Yeah, I'm Ben Ashcroft. I run Bugs and Bytes Computing in sunny Lincoln, um, specializing in refurbished laptops, uh, desktop PCs and gaming PCs also, and also trade sales. So, yeah, that's about it, really. Uh, new story of the week. Um, I think it's quite a big one. Uh, it's the new NVIDIA GeForce 3080 Ti was released today at 2 p.m. Uh, up to 4K gaming resolution, and it comes with 12 gigabytes, the same as the 3060, I believe. Um, recommended retail price, which I've not seen it anywhere near in any of the places it's been advertised, is £1,050. Um, yeah, I think the cheapest I saw today was about £1,400, but yeah, uh, so that's out today, and yeah. Hopefully, people can get hold of them. Yeah, well, there's definitely a few issues getting all the graphics cards at the moment, that's for sure. Uh, right, let's move on to Tim. Tim, if you want to introduce yourself, let us know who you are and basically what uh, tips and storage you have for us today. Hi, thanks, Phil. Yeah, so my name's Tim. I run TKM PM and IC Solutions. Um, don't let the accent fool you. Um, lived in the London, 30 years, but I'm set up in, in North Yorkshire. Um, so my tip of the day is for those of us that do, say, get asked to do commercial setups or business setups, um, always keep your ID up to date, or CS cards if it's a construction environment, because sometimes you don't want to get not get something just because you can't. You know, they have to wait for you to get your ID signed. That, or for security access. Okay, that's pretty good advice, to be honest with you, yeah. Uh, also goes for if you want to do council work as well, you may have to get approval from your local council, which sometimes gets a, um, takes a, a little while to get, so if you want to work with a like, local school or anything like that. So, yeah, ID and stuff like that, depending on the jobs you're doing, always a good idea. Okay, then, David, if you want to introduce yourself and let us know who you are and let us know if you've got any tips or story for us today. I think you're muted, David. Apologies. Sorry. Okay. Right. Uh, David from Scorpion Computers. I'm in the northeast of England uh, in a small village called Hetony Hall. It's near Sunderland. Um, I do computer repairs, laptop repairs, uh, sell gaming computers, um, that type of thing, refurbished laptops, all those types of things. Um, my tip today was just uh, something a bit basic, really. Um, just the fact that Amazon have got Prime Day coming soon. It's on the 21st and 22nd of June. Quite often you can get some, quite often you can get some uh, good deals from Amazon. 
Okay, let's move over to Chris for a minute and uh, we'll go back to that one. So, Chris, if you'd like to introduce yourself and then let everyone know a story or a tip. I wonder if that was an Amazon deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Phil. Um, good evening, everybody. I'm Chris from One Touch Services. Um, we're based in the uh, south, um, so we've got a shop in Staines and one in Bagshot 2. Um, been in the industry for 15 years and had shops for just over seven years now. Um, we provide IT support um, and laptop desktop repair, CCTV installation, that kind of thing, network setups. Um, and yeah, my tip would be, uh, so it's a neat, neat little program that I discovered years ago uh, called Vice Versa. And it's really useful for data transfer, you know, one machine to another across UNC paths. And you can set up stuff like scheduled backups or, or um, scheduled data transfers on a regular basis. Really neat little application. So I would advise everyone to uh, have a look at that and try it out. Okay, that's pretty good. Let's go back to David. Now he's got uh, less uh, kiddie issues, should we say. So uh, so what was your tip again, David? You started mentioning Amazon and then you uh, had a special delivery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, oh, Callum, Callum, I was not paid to say that by Amazon. I wish I was. Wow. Uh, no, it was just basically that the Prime Day is coming soon and you can get some really good deals on there. Um, Amazon are pretty cheap anyway, as everyone knows. Um, the, the prices are often quite close to distributed prices. But yeah, you can get some really good deals on Prime Day on, on tech. Um, I have done in the past before. Uh, you're quite limited sometimes to what you can buy, but there's, there's some good deals on there. So just look out for it on the 21st and 22nd of June. Quite often, they'll, they'll sell stuff at a loss. So it's really good to, to buy some stuff from them. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm going to say, obviously, we all prefer to use distributors or we usually recommend it. But sometimes Amazon does have sometimes some really good prices and offers on which you can't afford to miss sometimes. So it's always good to have a look on Prime Day, as he was saying. And uh, uh, I'll have a bit of that um, money what Amazon gave you, if you don't mind, David, for that. Uh, <laughs> right. right, so I suppose I'm next then. We're slightly out of order now. So, right, obviously, I'm Phil Griffiths. I'm the owner of Chips Computers as well as the influencer on Tech for Techs. And today's tip was going to be about GeForce graphics cards, but Ben decided to steal that. So uh, we're not going to mention anything about that. But uh, uh, next up, we've got Microsoft has announced a digital event on June the 24th to reveal what it plans to do with Windows. What this exactly means is still unclear, but uh, other clues give us an idea. Uh, more than likely, they will announce some sort of free new version of Minesweeper. Well, maybe not. Uh, or they're going to do a subscription route for Windows, maybe? Fit in with a rebranded Office to Microsoft 365, maybe? Mm, who knows? Or could it be Windows 13? Yes, I said 13 because Microsoft never can count. Okay. <laughs> Right, and also AMD have announced a new 3D V cache for its CPUs, improving gaming performance up to 15%, while Intel announced it's better at everything without actually saying how or why. Right, first we have to pay the bills, though, before we go on to the main uh, section. So let's roll this. From high-speed networking to enterprise storage, at Orchill, we have a solution for you. We're a UK-based vendor specialising in computer hardware components. 
So whether you're powering a data centre or upgrading a laptop, we can help. At Autiel, you'll get a dedicated account manager that gets to know you and your business, supporting you from our head office in Yorkshire. All our products are OEM compatible, tested in-house to ensure performance. And what's more, we offer a five-year warranty across all our SSD range and lifetime on our memory. Want to find out more about our partner programme? Visit autiel.com. And thank you, Autiel, or as a lot of people um, pronounce it wrong and call it Orbital or Orital or whatever, but they're actually a pretty good company. So if you are looking to get um, SSDs, memory and stuff like we have in the past, uh, direct basically from the vendor itself, you can do, uh, and you're basically missing out the middleman. But again, we've reviewed their products in the past and they are pretty good to be honest with you. So, right, let's go on to the show. First of all, I'm going to go on to Ben, and I'm going to have a quick check to see what's going off with Jenny's mic while we do so. So, Ben, make sure you stretch this out really long. It's got to be for about 20, 30 minutes, okay? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, if, if, you, if you want to basically start off with your arguments against why people shouldn't get a repair shop or a store or whatever, and then um, we'll move on to people who think you should. Yeah, thank you very much, Phil. I'll try and stretch that out for 20 or 30 minutes, but maybe I'll struggle. Um, so, yeah, I, I understand the whole shop business model. I understand my folk want to open the shops. It's not for everyone. And personally, I'm quite happy working from home. Um, I think there's pluses and minuses to both sides. Um, I think certainly I think a lot lower overheads than you have if you own shops, employ staff, that sort of thing. Um, I think it depends on your business model as well. But I mean, I'm not saying shops aren't a good thing to have because, yeah, we need shops. But I think the last 12 months or so has sort of made us uh, think perhaps about, about the, the whole shop thing a bit more, possibly. So it's, um, yeah. Luckily, I'm back. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to close there and move on to the next person for you, Phil. <laughs> uh, there we go. So Jen's just going to test her microphone. Jen, do you want to just check your microphone to see if it's working for us? I'll take that as a no. We've lost Jen altogether. So, no, can't hear her. Right, Tim, if you want to go ahead and let us know why you. Okay, just give me one second. Oh, Tim. Tim, do you want to uh, talk to us about what is your shop? Um, okay, back again. Yeah, so sorry about that real echo and deafening everyone on the show and making it look really unprofessional. So uh, before we go to Tim, Jen, if you want to just check your microphone now, just let us know if it works. Do you want to speak, Jen? Just shout. She's only in the next room. Okay, so um, something not right there. Okay, then. Right, well, uh, I'll sort that out again in a second. So, Tim, let's go on to you. Tim, give us some arguments why you should have a store or some facts and so forth. Uh, I think it, it opens you up to the customer directly without you having to do a lot of the, call it the PR or the, particularly if you're, if you moved into an area and you're not 
native, say, I'll say natively from there, for example. I mean, I moved from, weirdly enough, not far from where Chris, Chris is based. I moved up to the North Yorkshire and I didn't, don't know anyone. There was no one knew me by name or anything like that. So me having the store, I'm fine. I get a lot more of the face to face. And once I you start speaking, they become long term customers. It goes from one to another. Um, starts off say a laptop, a smart, and cut more than I've got more than a couple where I've gone in and re gutted a customer's house, for example. You know, fixed the Wi Fi, the router, that kind of thing. So. Yeah, that's pretty much what I think is it's good for the whole PR side of it. The face-to-face, you get a lot more human interaction than you do anything else. Yeah, I've got to agree. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I started, um, sorry, I've, I've just kind of interrupted there, but I started as a market stall some years back because um, I thought, you know, a shop's a big expense. Do I really want to put all the eggs in one basket and start a shop? Um, so I had a market stall for many years, probably five years, and that that did well. You know, I picked up trade through that, um, and and it built my name in the town. And then I got a shop, and in fact, the the shop ended up costing me less than the market stall. I was paying. I mean, it was a doorway, but I was paying I think two hundred and fifty pound a month, including electricity. Um, so you really couldn't knock it. Um, but the confidence that people have when you mm. have a shop in the fact that you are a legitimate business. You know, I mean, market traders, they've still got, even though I was there week in and week out, people knew me, you still had that, well, they're a market trader. Um, and I used to yeah. sell laptops there as well. Like, you know, I had 30 laptops at one point and uh, people probably thought, well, they've come off the back of a lorry, even though legitimately purchased, you know, and but mm. they still have that. So a market stall for us, uh, sorry, a, a shop for us was a big customer boost um, and, it, and it did our business well. Okay, that's pretty good. I guess let's do a quick test with Jen. Can we hear you, Jen? Hello. We can hear you. We can hear, we can hear you. you. Okay. Do you want to just talk a little bit more just to make sure you're loud enough? Not really, but I'll do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, right. So let's have a, let's go to you, Jen. Why do people or why should people have a store or maybe not have a store? And it's up to you what you want to say. It's a little bit of both. Um, it just depends on your personality, really. If you're not a people person, I wouldn't advise getting a store unless you're going to have someone running the front of house and you're working in the back of house, which would be my ideal setup in, in a perfect world. But I digress. Um, if you love people and there's nothing in this world better than being with people boy go for it get yourself a store um, meet people greet people sell things to people uh, uh, today i was in the in the uh company of a, a gentleman that came through my store and i was tired at the end of the day but he was really pleasant and everything and we got to talking about how slow his HP <coughs> laptop was, and um, I upgraded him to an SSD. Um, he was only going to wipe and reinstall Windows due to some issues he was having, and uh, I told him that you know a solid state drive wouldn't go amiss in this 
laptop, you know, you could really get a lot of performance boost out of it. I explained to him, you know, the, what it was versus a traditional hard drive and how each worked differently. And we had a little conversation. And at the end of the, the day, what would have been uh, 80 pounds, well, we got considerably more of what kind of a, a bill he will have at the end of the day. But he will see a noticeable improvement and I'll see noticeable income. So it's a win-win. Okay, that's a good point there. And right, let's go on to David. David, why should people open a shop? Or are you planning on opening a shop and you want advice? Or do you think it's a bad idea? Um, I've had a business now for about eight years, IT repairs and things like that. Um, I don't have a store. I work from uh, home. I've got uh, like a workshop in the garden. Um, but I think the ultimate goal is is probably to get a store at some point um obviously i come on the show tonight to, to get advice from people as well um, rather than, than give it um but i think if you have a store you get more footfall you, you get people walking past uh that type of customer um but it's always a plus if you're able to sell some things as well if you're able to sell uh items i mean i, I haven't got anything anywhere to show items at the moment apart from I do on the website, but you don't get as many people on there. I think if you're in a, a local town, they might get more more trade. Um, I already get plenty of computer repairs and laptop repairs and, and gaming PCs, but I don't sell a lot of equipment, and I think you could top up the amount that you earn by, by doing that, maybe. I know there's quite small margins, but I think that would be a good thing. Um, but I don't, I don't quite know how I would go about setting up a store. Um, I don't know what you need, what, what sort of software people use uh, to log all of the uh, equipment and things they have that is selling, computers, their laptops, the peripherals, um, that type of thing really. I've never had a store, so it's a bit daunting. Okay. My advice to someone that is planning on opening one is do your research first. Location, location, location. Yeah, I mean, there's no... That is, that's your number one thing. And once you've sorted out location, you've got to... I, I would study the location. I would study the shops in the area, how many people are going in them at what times. Don't be afraid to look in the other computer shops and just nose around to see what they carry as well. Um, if they have a lot of things on the shelf and it's kind of dusty, well, you know that they're not selling them. Yeah. That's the long and short of it. And, you know, you, it's it doesn't hurt to do research like that. Um, definitely. No. Locations. Uh, when If you're on a back street, you've got to make yourself a destination shop. Now, Phil and I know all about that because we are on a back street. But we've built ourselves up so much that we are a destination shop. People know us now. But in the beginning, it was really hard work to get ourselves known because we weren't out there on the high street. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. We've got um, our shopping stands. We've recently moved from the small shop that I originally mentioned to a much larger shop. 
And we kind of fell on our feet with it, really, albeit there was quite a lot to be done, but we were already a fairly established business. But uh, the, the location of it is, you know, just going into a major um, retail park that's in Staines. And in fact, it's literally just on PC World's doorstep. So you very often, people are heading that way and our shop is slap bang in front of them where they're going. Another, another good point, I mean, Jenny, what you said was a very good point, location is very important and parking as well, because people won't, as much as you could have a, a public car park, three minutes walk, if it's a walk, people won't do it. Whereas if there's parking out the front, they'll stop out there. And I've looked at shops before and I've turned them down because there wasn't parking or, you know, there wasn't the facilities that there are on other, other shops. And I like what you said. Um, sometimes it's not that they won't walk, it's they're not able to. We get a lot of disabled customers yeah. through our door. And what is a, a short walk for us is a very long, treacherous walk for them. So, um, I, especially I even, carrying the desktop. I, exactly. I even wanted to put a ramp um, up to my door. But the council said if anyone had an accident, we would be responsible for it. Mm. And I thought, I'm just trying to help people get in the door, you know, I'm, including myself. It's a high up step. I mean, it's it's a good bit to step up. But On the, uh, the other thing to say as well with a, with a shop or a store is um, consider what you might spend in advertising. Mm. So if you're trying to justify the costs, um, you know, I mean, our advertising budget is probably about 20 grand a year. Now, if you're thinking, well, I might spend X amount on advertising. I mean, our shops are, I think, 11 and 13,000 pound a year rent. We don't pay any business rates because we're below the rate of value um, or qualified small business rate relief. Um, and so actually, if you're thinking about, well, I could spend that on advertising or spend that on a shop. A shop gives you presence, and therefore, you know, it's, it's effectively like free advertising, but you just don't realize it because, you know. So, we track people when they say, We ask people, well, How'd you hear of us? They say, well, We saw your shop. Well, that's a, that's a form of advertising, essentially. That, yeah. Yeah, I mean, something that, I've, something that I found with where I'm going to be setting up a full, I've started getting the display stuff in the office set up. But as far as the shop side of it goes, which I should see signs of next week. Um, the one of the benefits I've got is I've all, I'm also in somewhere I'm tied to another local business that is gets a lot of traffic. So and they do a lot of trading there. So I get a lot of people going for the training. They have to go past my premises, so I get through traffic. For the, so yeah. On the flip side, though, of course, running a shop isn't easy. Um, I mean. You've got the commitment. Now, I'm fairly, when I say fortunate, that's probably the wrong choice of phrase. I have members of staff that I have work in the shops. So I don't really work in there at all. I mainly manage them from home. Um, and trying to do that is not always easy. You know, putting your faith in other members of staff where you haven't got direct management of them it is not easy. Um, so it, it is tough as well especially when you run more than one, that's very difficult because you can't, if you've got two members of staff go off on sick from the same, you know, from different shops, where do you go? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's what a commitment. Do do? What do you do if that happens? Do you go in and, and cover? If someone was to go off sick on one of the shops, I had to. Yeah, I've had, I've had to do it before. You know, I mean, I had one guy who 
decided that he was going to leave me and uh you know which is fine you know he's given me his month's notice but then two weeks in uh called in sick and you know i knew it was a phony excuse um so well what do i do well i have to just go in and work unfortunately i've got part-time workers who are fairly uh flexible so I, I, you know after a couple of days i got one of them in but i still had to do it um it's what you've got to do to run your business isn't it so true. So true. One of the things you've got to think about when having a business, though, is um, and want an open short store is why do you want to open a store? Uh, is the first thing is do you think um, I don't know? You just want to get out of the house, or do you just want something to do, or you just want to be a boss and in charge of everyone and just like hiring and firing people? Some people just like firing them, um, and. Or you want something to do with your husband or wife or partner or kids or something along that lines, then that may be not the things you want to do, to be honest, to ha if you're having a store, to be honest. You really want to uh, think of why you want a store. So, for example, you want to increase your wealth. Is Obviously, you, uh, one of the main ones you want to – you have sort of a, a passion to help others and stuff like that. Um, so you've really got to figure out is why you're wanting to do it. If it's more of a personal thing or if it's to better yourself or your family. And as Cormac mentioned, it just, um, just because you're at home doesn't mean you have to be small. You can easily be at home or get an office and have five or six different members of staff and so forth working even remotely and so forth where they don't even have to uh, visit your house and so forth. Um, so that's another thing you've got to think about is, are you just wanting a store because you want a store? You want to be the next PC world? Chances you're not going to be the next PC world. You never know. But, uh, yeah, well, you're pro hopefully you're going to be a lot better than PC world. But uh, probably would want to be either because they're very tight margins. You know, it's, it's uh, yeah. quantity rather than quality. So Exactly. The box shifters really, aren't they? So that's the number all the of customers I get that went to PC world first and then they go, can you help me? Yeah. I love PC World for that. I mean, I hate it that they've messed up someone's computer, but I really do love the repairs that come in my way after they have. They are useful for that. Jenny, we yeah. had uh, we did a little bit of industrial sabotage. We uh, we purchased an old van that doesn't run, and we sign wrote it and stuck it outside the local PC World, <laughs> 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 and it works wonders. Believe me. We've even got I, tracking for it. I oh, have always dear. wanted to take a laptop into PC World, knowing what was wrong with it, to yeah. have them do diagnostics on it and see what they would say. I've always wanted to do that. I may break down and do it one day. Good technicians don't last very long at PC World. They realise their worth and they very often will move on. Yeah. Um, and if you can scoop those people up, then so much the better. Yeah, I can vouch yeah. for that. I've got, I know a friend that used to work for PC World and he, he left after about three, in fact, they, they asked him to leave after three months because he knew too much. So, <laughs> I, I met someone um, that used to work in PC World and he was asking me what I would do uh, to make the computer run faster. And I said, well, first of all, I would I would do an MS config first thing first on it, you know, to get that going. And he said, what's an MS config? And I just kind of looked around. And I said, seriously? Um, you know, 
Startup program and stuff. Their default will be to reinstall Windows. That's, that's yeah, just what they're doing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's what he Every says. Time. I really need a reinstall. I said, no, you just really need to go in and cancel all the programs that are running in the background. Yeah, that's true. Um, I believe uh, we haven't gone straight to you yet, uh, you yet, Chris. So have you got any um, tips or advice or anything along that lines we haven't been talking about already? Um, I mean, someone mentioned it earlier. I'm not quite sure in one of the comments, but they were saying, you know, you do have to have quite a lump of startup cap capital. Um, and I mean, when we moved from one shop to the other in Staines, yeah, it wasn't cheap. I had an Excel spreadsheet and the figures used to make me cry when I opened it. I thought it was my phone number. Um, I think, <laughs> I, I think it, it, in the end, including our, you know, rent deposit and first month or first three months rent and all the stock and kitting the place out, it was about 17 grand. So believe me, it's not cheap. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I sort of, I had to smash it out because we only had a week between signing our new lease and, uh, and actually having to move in so i had to pay people to get it done very quickly but that being said my shopping bag shop i think that probably cost me about two and a half thousand pounds to open um and a little bit of rent but it depends on the landlord you get as well yeah um yeah but also if you go well, some places yeah. go some places they there's actually grants available if you ask around as well oh really if you go to the yeah some, some, i know where i live the, the council give local grants, so for say if it's a shop that's been closed for a while, they'll to you know rejuvenation that kind of thing. So yeah. it's, it's just not shouldn't be afraid to ask the the older councils or it's worth local as well if you find a, a find a property that has been vacant for a while. Don't be scared to be ruthless with a landlord because very often they want to rent it as much as you want to rent a property. Um, and the landlord of the property in Staines, uh, that had been empty for, I want to say about six years, something like that, maybe a bit touch less. Um, and he was very keen to rent it. It actually turned out it was one of my customers. I just didn't know it. Um, uh, but yeah, the place was a shell and no one wanted to take it on because there wasn't even a toilet or running water in there. And I took yeah, it that, on as that a sounds like our store, actually. Yeah, I took it on with a week, week to go and I was like, right, I'll do this. And he was like, I don't think you'll get it open in time. I was like, watch. And we literally worked 14 hour days pouring concrete and, you know, literally kitted the place out, start to finish, and moved in a bang on the day. So, um, yeah, it's, it, things like that can be a challenge, but also if it's something you enjoy, and I do enjoy it, then. I approached our landlord. Um, it was just a shell, and I noticed that he was there the day I knew the owner of it. And I told him what I wanted to do. And he said, well, he said, good luck. Um, the longest anyone's ever lasted here is four months. And I, he says, do you think you can last longer than four months? I said, I can do four months on my head. And he says, I'll tell you what, I'll let you have the first two months rent free if you think you can do something. I said, all right, let's, let's get this done. And he uh, reduced the rent on the third month you know down from what it would have normally been and um he says now this doesn't come with running water if you want to loo you've got to you know fix that up and everything um he said basically 
it is what it is when I rent it to you. I said, um, only two things need to be fixed before I rent it, and that's a secure front and back door. And he said, I can do that. After that, we have not needed him for anything. Um, I asked permission to decorate it as I pleased as long as it was to bring it up instead of down. And he said, whatever I wanted to do, the sky's the limit. I never see him. I never see him. And that's a good thing. Sorry. In all honesty, our shop looked like an abandoned um, shack, to be honest, when we took it over. So yeah. I don't think we could make it any worse than it was. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Chris, go ahead. Uh, sorry, I was just going to say that was that was actually the point that I was getting to was um, so our, our landlord realised the state that our place was in. And he said, oh, you know, I'll give you three months rent. Uh, sorry, rent free period. And, and I said to him, to be honest, uh, Barry, I think it's actually worse than you think it is. Um, I'd, I'd kind of like six months. And, and he kind of <laughs> um, denied and he said, yeah, OK. Um, and, and so, you know, that's what we got. But uh, so, yeah, don't be afraid to ask for these things. You can be very cheeky when it comes to that kind of thing. Sometimes you get away with it. Yeah. Probably at the well, moment, especially more than the normal with all the shops closing and stuff as well. Yeah, a lot of the shops that, uh, that that are closing, you know, locally are actually turning into the likes of charity shops because they, you know, they get certain amount of dispensation. So, um, yeah. Our our landlord, when we got it, he said, you know, um, I've got to get my stuff out because I've been using it as storage. And I looked over to the side and he had this really nice display cabinet. I said, can I be cheeky? He says, what is it? I said, will you include that display cabinet? Or at least um, mates rates on it to buy. He says, all right. He says, I was going to sell it. Uh, he says, but if you want it, you can have it. What are you going to do with it? I said, well, I'm going to display some different kinds of things like uh, hard drives and memory and things that I didn't want people to get to that would be secure behind this glass. I thought, put it there, put the till on top of it, and it, it made a makeshift till area in the beginning. Okay, we've come a long way since then, but you know, you make do with what you have when you're first starting out. And we've still got that um, display case. It is now supporting an aquarium. So. <laughs> That's true. Um, let's have a look. Actually, no, that display cabinet's now at the TFT studio. We've got it as the main counter. We built the, the um, all the table around it. It's the oh, you moved, you moved the um, other aquarium off it, did you? Yeah, a few years ago. Yeah. So. That's as much as I go in the man cave. There you go. <laughs> Another thing I would, um, that I would say as well is when you're looking at, uh, you know, looking at premises and, and obviously speaking to landlords, and perhaps, you know, if you are thinking about doing it, um, you want, to, and, a, and a solicitor would advise you on this, but you want to look at something like um, a renewable lease. So a lot of landlords will say they want to get you to opt out of Section 25 to 30 of the Landlord and Tenant Act, which means that they can take it, the property back at the end of your lease, then you don't have an automatic right to, right to renewal. Um, and I think security, someone mentioned security of the property, and that's a big issue as well. But security of lease is something you definitely want to consider because you don't want to get to the end of a five-year term and find out 
actually the landlord doesn't want to renew here and I've just done five years and done the property up and wasted that time. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Okay, uh, right, let's just go through some of the chat. So uh, Peter was saying that um, uh, having retail presence can build trust with the customer. Uh, they know where they can find you, uh, which is reassuring for them. So that's yeah. a, a good point. Um, so can anyone hear seagulls by any chance? Because apparently someone said they can hear um, seagulls. There's <laughs> no chance it's me. <laughs> I don't, I don't know where the seagulls are coming from, but uh, but apparently the seagulls. Um, I'm not Hi, sure where that would be. Everybody. So, right, let's have a look. Uh, Cormac says, uh, interesting thing is, since all the COVID things made working out at home office look, sorry, looks has more responsibility than it has before. So yeah, so um, respectability than it has before. Sorry, some chat windows popping up. Um, right, okay. So yeah, so uh, there's quite a few twos and fro's uh, regarding that. So, but working at home, a lot more people obviously do. Um, okay, guys, can you stop with the chat for a sec, please? It keeps blocking my screen. Um, so get back to that so the basics is since covid obviously everyone is or a lot more people are working at home and it is more respectable or than it used to be for people working at home some people call them bedroom traders i think someone even in chat called it bedroom trader a few minutes ago uh to be honest working at home bedroom trader whatever you want to call it there's nothing wrong with that obviously as long as you follow all the rules and so forth again please can we stop using the chat um or i'll disable it uh, right, so moving on to the next question, we've got, uh, yeah, there's the bedroom traders as opposed to a shop. I feel there has to be trust and regular customers, but always wonder if having a store on an industrial estate high street would be more beneficial, especially if I go full time. I'm not sure who that's from. It says Facebook user. Um, so I would, I would say that it does. I mean, you know... Running as a bedroom trader, I ran as a bedroom trader for, um, I want to say about eight years, seven, eight years, something like that. And I built up regular customers um, and there's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. You do what you, you know, you've got to do to earn a living. Um, but, uh, you know, I would say, as we mentioned earlier, having a, a high street presence brings you customers just for the fact that you've got a high street presence. People haven't, obviously they've got to go and find you, but. They might just drive past you whereas if you're operating out of your bedroom they're not going to just or they might drive past you they don't know that you do it um so yeah i mean there's two you know fours and against working out of your bedroom you've got very low, very low overheads you can afford to charge less um swings and roundabouts yeah i think the thing, yeah. the big thing i'd noticed is um i started out working from home uh major problem i also had was i get as soon as people knew what i did and i was getting in quest to fix laptops it's just where does it go there's only so much space in the house and i was already uh, you know where i'm sat right now you know a small house desk is in the corner living room for example so say other benefit from having the off having the shop and office it all stays in it all stays there locked away i go away i can shut i don't I can't touch it till the next day so i can switch off if i've got a family thing going on but at the same time I don't have to carry it to and from. That's yeah, different locations. It stays in one place. It's that simple. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I, I work from home and I personally really enjoy it. And I, I love the flexibility because the one thing that's always kind of got to me is if I own a shop, I'm going to be stuck working there nine to five. I mean, I understand what you're saying, Chris, about you manage a couple of shops. But yeah, I like that flexibility. Sometimes I'll do a bit of evening work, occasionally I'll do a bit of morning work. And yeah, I just like that flexibility. I'm, I'm that sort of character. I, I can't sit and do a nine to five shift Monday to Friday, yeah. Monday to Saturday. That's why I don't like having to work in them because I don't want to have that, you know, I, I want to be able to, you know, go down the shops if I want to and go out for a, a lunch or something like that. So it's nice to not have to work in the shops. But as I said earlier, with, with that comes the stress of having to manage staff. I mean, yeah. you know, I we used to go to a uh, shop many years ago, uh, early 2000s, and one of the, or the owner of it, um, I think he had three shops at one point, and he, uh, I think someone said, oh, he had a heart attack because of just the stress of, of having to run those shops. And it really wouldn't surprise me if that was I the case. I can't believe that. Yeah, it is stressful. And it's it's not so much the, um, you know, the running of the shops, because essentially I'm not doing that. It's managing the staff. That's the most <laughs> difficult bit for me. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I think I would say, the other thing about working from home, bedroom, trailer, call what you will, um, it's not just for those. It was one of the comments was it's it's more a lifestyle thing if you work from home. Well, I don't consider my business to be a lifestyle business. I consider it to be quite a scalable business because it depends what business model you adopt. Yeah. Um, I don't have a shop because I don't have any aspirations to have a shop. That certainly doesn't mean I don't have aspirations to build a business and to grow it. And I mean, at the moment, my second bedroom is my my spare room is my office. I can still shut the door. It's more difficult to do sometimes, but I can shut the door and leave it for the night if I have to. But yeah, that, that's got sort of issues with it because I'm starting to outgrow my office now. So I'm sort of thinking, where do I go next? Do I look at a little workshop or an industrial unit or something like that? Or I'm hoping to buy a house soon and I'm looking to move into a three-bedroom house and then I'm thinking I've got one room for a stockroom or office, one room for a stockroom as well. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not just a lifestyle in the business. It's not a, It's not really set as such like working from home as lifestyle and working in a shop or running shops is scalable. If you have a work from home business and you choose the right business model, that can be equally scalable. Ben? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was just going to say, Ben, do, do you not worry that if you um, move house, that your business moves to a, like a different location and your customers might find it harder to find where you are because obviously people might know where you are at the moment. If it doesn't really concern me, to be honest with you. I mean, at the moment, I'm in a village about sort of five miles out of Lincoln. Um, I mean, the biggest sort of magnet, other than word of mouth for me, is probably Google. And you search for bugs and bytes computing Lincoln, or search for computer repair in Lincoln, and I'm moderately high up there. Albeit I'm not getting as many hits as I would if I was in the centre of town or in a retail shop or even living in the outskirts of town. But I mean, I'm, I'm quite happy at the moment. The amount of work I'm getting for being five miles out of town is keeping me busy. Um, I'm probably looking to move a bit sort of more towards the centre of town when I do move, um, and possibly get more hits and more work through that. But it, it depends what way you want to take the business as well. At the moment, I'm doing a lot of repairs and that sort of thing, and I'm sort of thinking I want to move towards the sort of trade sales side of things and get more into that sort of thing. I guess it depends what you do, really, doesn't it? I mean, if you're predominantly remote support, you know, I know a couple of local guys that really just do remote support. Um, yeah. You know, that's the kind of business that they want. Well, you can work wherever you like, then, can't you? Whereas if you're doing laptop and desktop repairs or anything which requires, you know, hands on to something on site, 
you've got to be reasonably local to them. Um, and we've gained business because people have moved away. You know, IT support has moved away. They can't provide that on-site support before, and we've picked it up. Um, so, yeah, it just depends. As, as you said, quite rightly say, Ben, depends which direction your business is moving in and, and the type of work you want. Yeah. yeah exactly. No matter what kind of business you have, whether it be um, at home or in a small office or, or a retail store or what, I encourage you, I implore you, get a good website up, get good uh, social um, presence like on Facebook, you know, tweet uh, on Twitter and get get yourself known, get, get yourself um, out there. Make sure that your website is the first one that they reach on Google. I can't stress enough, Google is is ours. Um, Phil works really hard on our website to make sure that we stay up top uh, when someone search, uh, searches for uh, computer repair in our area. That's, that's really important, no matter what you do. Yeah, Google reviews have a have a big bearing on that. I mean, if you can keep your Google My Business up to date and get people to review you, I mean, we've got a, a small script that's a small sort of web page on, on our site that's just for us. Um, and once people complete their transaction in our CRM, you know, you click a button, it will take it there, fill the, fill the couple of forms in, and it will send them a pre-written script that offers them a £50 voucher, you know, the, the chance of winning a £50 voucher for uh, reviewing us. They don't even have to, sorry, I say reviewing us, giving us feedback. They don't have to review us. And in fact, what it does is, if they there's a question that I think uh, it says, you know, uh, what's the likeliness you'd refer us to a friend or family? If they score us over seven, and then takes them to another page that says, would you leave us a Google review or a Facebook review, depending on which store they've, they've visited. Um, and, and it works wonders with getting people to do that for you. And that, and that looks good. Because you've got a hundred views and everybody else has got five reviews, who are they likely to choose? As long as they're good reviews, obviously, which is yeah, reviews have always helped us a lot. I'm going to say we've uh, uh, found that local stores will want to have five or ten reviews, and we've got like over a hundred or whatever. And you, you find that people go, "Oh, I pick you because you've got the most good reviews," sort of thing. And it's always bad, good to have a bad one on there as well. Sometimes mm -hmm. to see how you respond to the actual customer. Sometimes you have straight, um, straight five stars on everything. It can start to look a bit dubious. It looks a lot like a lot of the product reviews on Amazon, which look like someone's uh, <laughs> translated everything from Chinese or whatever uh, into. English and it doesn't make sense. Um, so always make sure uh, the product reviews you're getting are from genuine customers. Um, and as um, Chris says, um, yeah, get some automation in there. Uh, we don't go as in depth as he does, but I do like his idea. Um, uh, you're welcome to the if you want it. Well, I'll probably take you up on that one. Um, I'm going to say I was. Ours is pretty straightforward. It's just an email out saying, did you enjoy everything? Blah, 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 blah. Please leave us a, um, a review on Google with a link on it. If you didn't, uh, if you've got any problems, contact us. Simple as that. Nice and short. And then it gives them an option to sign up to a newsletter. And when I say newsletter as well, that's another good thing. If you are having any type of store or any business, you need to come um, collect people's information. So if you do move, which is likely if you get a store, you may have to move, you may get a bigger store, you may have to move for whatever reason, and knocking the building down, who knows? But you need to let customers know where you are. 
Yeah. So always make sure you've got their contact information as well. You can send them obviously sales emails as well if they so far wish. Obviously, you have to get them to tick a little opt-in box nowadays though to do that. <laughs> I think uh, a, um, a perhaps a good bit of advice if you are looking to expand and getting beyond you know yourself or maybe another one member of staff is organisation. Um, and this obviously perhaps goes a little bit beyond just having a shop, but. Uh, so we what we do is you know the sort of type screen boxes that you get replacement screens in so what we've done is we label those with numbers and then our, on our crm system we have the number so that's the box number for it and so it's quite easy then to just go and find that box and you know everything's in that box small little box of screws you've written on there the number of the box and everything's kept together um because it very quickly becomes disjointed if you you know if, if you're working on several machines um, yeah. especially when you've got bigger space. Yeah, I think the other thing I would say is if you're, I mean, for example, I, I'm doing a lot um, more of the business to business where the customer, the customers are actually wanting to meet with me and discuss what their requirements, say it's a custom network installed in a, local, in a building or something like that. And having the space that I can meet with a customer, in this case, the office where it all looks professional, it looks tidy, everything else yeah. um it's just so much easier in a separate environment and say oh if you, you know you want to talk but the, the only other option i'd have would be to say invite them around to where i live which isn't really big enough to do that properly i would say you know and it is where i live so they'll be around my kids as well so yeah it's not always quiet with as well as the other one so mm-hmm. yeah it's just the environment yeah. and i can kind of with the display cabinets, I can show off what I, what I can get hold of as well. So they see that, the, the cross sales, like the number of odds and end cables that people come asking me for, like monitor leads as well while they're there. Just because I've got them there on the shelf and they're looking at them. Oh, thank you very much. So I get more sales as a result. Um, we've just recently started um, stocking. We didn't really stock that much stuff before. We were more uh, repairs. We did, we stocked laptop and desktops, but not anything really beyond that. But just recently, we've started buying cables and stocking those and branding our own cables so they've got the own the card on the top and that kind of thing. And actually, it's surprising how much uh, you know it, how much extra income it does bring in. Yeah, I'm going to say cables. You can have pretty decent profit on them as it's well. A good so, on them, yeah. yeah, that's. Um, there's good thing as well. You've got them all going to be like uniform, obviously, with your own branding on. And even oh, if exactly. someone decides they don't have time to do their own branding, try and go for a uniform style. I think uh, Goliath Computers, they do a uniform cable uh, design on theirs. Target have got their VCOM range as well. So get a uniform style. There's nothing worse than working in someone's computer store and you look at the wall where all the cables are and every single cable on the wall is a different brand in a different bag and looks a complete mess. It looks like a car Oh, do you remember the time that we went in the computer store in the States and you needed, I think, a Molex to set a cable, uh, I think it was, and he said, oh, they're over there in the corner, the cables are. And um, what we are greeted with was like a whole bunch of Ziploc bags and we had to move through them. It was a big mess. It was terrible. Okay, yeah, that's um, pretty 
Uh, pretty true. It was, was was a bit of a mess. I don't know if you guys saw Chris then. He's sort of frozen at the moment. His screen has. Yeah, so yeah. Just, just do a favour, Chris. <laughs> turn your webcam off and turn it back on again. Um, Have you tried turning it off and back on? So, yeah, just be V on your keyboard and V <laughs> again. No, let, me, let me kick you out of chat and back in again. One sec. Okay, no. Okay, just try really leaving. Weird. Just try leaving the little live stream and then logging back in again. And, moment, uh, I'm just going to um, I'm just going to uh, unplug my camera because it's plugged in for our. Uh, I actually see him moving. It's fine. Anyway, while while he's doing that, that's a bit strange. Some people saying he was frozen, some people weren't. So well, let me zoom into him. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let me zoom back into him so uh, we can actually see what he was trying to show us. And here we go. How about now? Yes, we can yeah. see you. Okay, so hold up your. Uh, um, uh, so your this car. was one of the designs that we did. We were literally one of my colleagues. I got him to design. Um, you know the little cards. Obviously, that's where we punch it, and then we just staple it to the top of the uh, to the top of the um, cable. So it does keep it. I mean, that was on paper. That that, that was just sort of you know in in design uh, idea. We finally uh, decided on a, on a design, and that's what's gone all on the top of all of our cables now. Okay, yeah, looks pretty good. That I've seen a few people do that. You can get blister packs as well, and people put blister them in blister packs, or even yeah. sandwich bags and stuff like that. So uh, uh, there's lots of different different ways of doing it. But yeah, it looks pretty uniform. That's one one thing. Getting on to is. First of all, let's go to David. Um, so, do you do a lot of sales at the moment, or is it mainly repairs and so forth? Because you're thinking of getting us possibly having a store in the future. So, would you be thinking of more of a repair store or a, a retail store? Or yeah, I mainly do repairs at the moment, um, but I think I would like to do some sales as well. I do the sales, uh, some sales via the website. I've got products listed on there, but that's just the stock that suppliers have. So I don't really hold a lot of stock. But um, one of the questions I had was um, when, when you do have a store, how do you sort of um, know all your inventory that's, that you've got in your store? What we you? have it's stocking them as in where we put them and everything? No, as in uh, keeping a... Inventory. Inventory. Okay, oh, we, right. we, use, we use Repair Shopper, um, which is sort of changing over to Synchro now, which has got its own inventory um, list inside there. Some people just keep a, a spreadsheet, but basically in Repair Shopper and a lot, other, a lot of other programs, very similar, you can basically scan the barcode and it automatically takes it out of your inventory. And when you buy stuff in, you basically just add it back into the system, just type down what the product is, scan the barcode, and it adds it into the system and you just write down what price you sold it, uh, what price you bought it for, and then what price you sold it for. I'm just going to mute Chris for a second because I can hear a lot of bumping and banging from his end. Sorry. I'm back. I was just filling up his glass of water. A little piece okay, of advice no I would give you if you're thinking about starting a store. Don't go all out on peripherals and components to put on sale. Only put out there in the first few months what you know you'll use yourself if it doesn't sell. You're always going to need a keyboard. You're always going to need a mouse. You're always going to need some speakers to test things with. 
So keep it pretty basic. Cables are all right. I mean, you're going to sell HDMI. You're going to sell display. You're going to sell, sell uh, DVIs and even VGAs, believe it or not, still. So keep a good array of, of cables, um, USB, uh, printer cables, you know, like that. Uh, but but don't put uh, a lot of uh, stock into novelty items. Um, don't go overboard with gaming things because if you're a gamer, uh, you'll know that a, a gaming thing is very personal. What one gamer likes, the other one may detest. So you don't want to go all razor if the people in your area are more Corsair or Mad Cats friendly. So you need to get a feel for things like that. Just keep generic things generic at first until you see where you're finding yourself. Yeah, I think that's very good advice. I mean, we stock very, you know, very much the same as what you're saying there, things you're going to use on a regular basis. Got a good stock of SSDs, good stock of hard drives, mm -hmm. uh, the cables like you're mentioning. Um, I'm trying to think what else we stock. Now. Um, but yeah, we, we won't stock. Uh, I won't stock graphics cards because, as you say, if no. you don't sell it, you know, a couple of months it's down the line, and, and who wants to pay what you pay? You know what you paid for it, kind exactly. of thing. Let alone make a profit. Um, so a lot of that is we will buy to order. Um, but yeah, gaming, uh, sorry, keyboards and mouse, one and keyboards and mouse. We do um, call outs as well. So we've got staff that go out on site. Um, so we will keep things like uh, mesh systems or Wi-Fi routers. Um, I'm literally looking at my, my CCTV to see the thought of things we stock now. But, uh, and we always have some RAM in stock because we're yes. always building with it. And we know that we're going to use it. We don't go out and buy the RGB RAM to have on stock. We have a standard stick of good RAM that we know is reliable. Yeah. It's something that I've started. If I'm going to an out call and the customer says problem with a desktop, I always make sure I ask them if they know what it is. If it's something that I set up for them or I've seen before, I'll always try a a uh, the compatible RAM with me, um, and all the one of each of all the cables, also there and even the little where some people sometimes use them. Um, then I go out there, I go out there, I can do the repair it, but yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. That's I a, think, um, sorry, go ahead, Chris, go on. I was just going to say, getting back to having a shop, and, and I think it applies whether you're, you know, working out of, you know, bedroom trade or, or whether you're working out of a store, is upsells are very important because especially when you're, you know, you're trying to earn a crust, actually you need to be, uh, you know, more expensive because you've got those overheads. So things like, you know, has a customer got a backup set up? Offer them that. I mean, we, you know, we'll set a backup up for someone. So we will charge, obviously, our hourly labour for whatever we're doing, and then we'll say, well, have you got backups set up? No, right, okay. USB sticks. We'll sell them a USB stick if they haven't got one, and then set up the backup service, which, which is what we use um, vice, vice versa for, because it's a great little tool. So, we, you know, we'll sell them that service. Great upsell for us. Fan cleans as well is another one that we will sell. You know, you probably remember HP laptops used to have that thing with the overheating, the graphics card. That was where the idea started. Why don't we offer people to clean the insides of their laptops out? 
Um, sometimes they need it, sometimes they don't. You, you obviously can't tell before you opened it. But I think if you sell it as the value of what they're going to get rather than what you're going to earn out of it, uh, you, you sell it quite easily, that kind of service, you know. Have you got a backup? Have you thought about you know, Does your laptop get hot? Does it overheat kind of thing? And it works quite well. So, um, yeah, look, sales is a good, a good thing, to be honest with you. And it's one of the things on my list. But I think one of the things when you're starting off, when you do get a store or whatever, it's not go mad, is if you're used to repairing machines, start your store off as a repair store. That's what yeah. we did. We just basically accepted uh, We just accepted things in for repair and went from there. And as time went on, we was like, oh, right, we've got a deal from the one of our suppliers. We normally get parts from for a laptop. We get a laptop. We've got the cable in and so forth. Don't go all in. You, you don't want to spend 10, 20 grand on stock, which you may never sell. And then as customers come in, you'll know what the customers are asking for. You'll get someone come in and ask for paper. So you've put down, right, next time I'll do uh, an order, I'll order paper, uh, then memory sticks and stuff like that, and just go from there. Um, so it's the, the basics is, is start off small and just build it if you haven't got lots of funds. Try not to put money in if you haven't got it. It's all right with all these suppliers giving you stupid amounts of credit. I've got one supplier who's willing to give me more credit than we actually sell in a year, um, which is absolutely stupid because there's no way I'd be able to pay back that in a month in 30 days. Um, so, yeah, I can buy all that stuff from credit with them. Fine, but obviously you've got to sell that stuff in 30 days. Otherwise, you've got to find the rest of that money from somewhere to pay it off. So try not to get into too much credit. I try and stay away from credit any way I can. I've had issues with credit in the past, issues with obviously people not paying us, then we can't pay the supplier and so forth, which causes no end of issues. So now we strictly uh, basically pay cash uh, for every web card most of the time, unless some places specifically say you have to buy credit and then basically as soon as the credit goes through, we pay it straight off straight away, just so we make sure we've got what money we've got available. So try not to get credit. Uh, I know suppliers and everywhere's going to give it you because obviously they want you to spend, 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 but when you do get in trouble, they'll shut you down for it basically. They'll make you mortgage your house, sell your car, whatever to get their money back and they've usually got a lot of power credit from suppliers is one thing i mean we you know we predominantly buy everything on a credit card and just have that rolling you know but providing you've got that cash flow and you know what you've got i mean our, i can look at what we're doing and, and roughly guess what we're going to do for the following month based on the past five six years so i think having a line of credit for your business is a good thing but yeah not necessarily with suppliers who want to sell you what they want to sell you, buy from where you want to buy from. Yeah. Where well, so you mentioned before, um, what, what does that do, sorry? The what, sorry? What was the software you mentioned before? What does it do? Oh, it's called Vice Versa. And uh, it's file synchronization software that you can set up to automatically, uh, you know, back up one location to another or synchronize two locations. Um, yeah, right. Really handy little software. Okay. Okay. Just to interrupt, uh, Jen's got to go now because she's having issues with her earbuds. She's had a few technical issues tonight. We'll have to uh, reset her up for the next show and get some new equipment, I think. I think it's just an excuse to spend more money on her, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Any excuse to spend on IT equipment, I think we can all agree on that. 
There we go. So, <laughs> it's not shoes, so it's all right. <laughs> I don't know. So look, looks like Ben, you're like the co-host now. So if anything goes wrong, it's all on you now, Ben. Okay. Oh, brilliant. Thanks. Yeah. Is it our 20 or 30 minute chat, Phil? <laughs> oh, we can do. I think your last 30 minutes lasted about 25 seconds, I think. But, uh, <laughs> but I'll, I'll let you off. I'll, I'll let you off. One of the other things I'd like to say is um, make sure you stand out from everyone else. Check your local competitors, see what they do. Don't necessarily make them your local competitors. Make them friends because you never know. They might be able to help you in the future. Um, we, we're friendly with most of our local competitors, let's put it that way. Um, we've even got some of them in the Tech for Techs group. So obviously I won't let them in if I didn't want them to be in. Um, but... See what they're doing, what they're not offering. See if you can be unique. See if you can do something they can't. Maybe, I don't know, top of my head. A big thing at the moment is steampunk things. Hey, build steampunk computers or something along that lines. Just do something unique or different. And generally, if you look at most businesses around the world, what have ever done really, really well is because they've done something unique and different and not because they followed everything else. Obviously, if you want to be like everyone else and just earn the same as everyone else, then just do what they do. And when you do open up, don't undercharge. Make sure you charge roughly the same sort of price your local competitors do. Otherwise, it's going to be difficult for you to increase your prices later on. And on top of that, you'll probably attract the wrong type of customers as well. There's nothing worse than uh, having the customers who want everything for nothing and then you basically... I don't know, sell, uh, selling a service, what you, uh, everyone else is selling for £60, you do it for 20 quid, and then they'll come in and want to do it, uh, want you to do it for a tenner. Um, generally, you charge more. You generally do get a better clientele uh, in most cases. Obviously, it depends on your area as well. Obviously, prices in some places are going to be more expensive than others. Yeah, I mean, I quite happily price-check our competition. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know, we've probably got one or two in the group, I'm not sure, but, you know... I'll, I'll get someone to phone them up and just see what they charge, what the service is like. And, and sometimes you see, you know, see they've done something well and you think, that's a good idea. Why don't yeah. we do that? And yeah, all right. You know, you're, you're, you're stealing ideas essentially, but if they're doing it well and you, you haven't thought about it, well, why not? You know? um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Something that I've done, why I'm doing, say I'm going the route I'm going, is I, st I looked where there was a gap in the markets. So if there was a load of people, all the same thing, one of it, um, which was a lot of safety builders, for example, um, these weren't ones websites, they were these were like the same Facebook pages, and that was it. Um, so I decided business to business almost, so the, home, the networking side of it, and that's paying off for me. So, yeah. Let's look for gaps yeah. in the market more than I still do yeah, the so other side of it. Yeah. It's worth thinking about referral partners as well. So, you know, we don't do mobile phones. It's not an industry I wanted to get into. Um, but there are also a number of other um, people locally who you might think is competitors, but actually they, they only do mobile phones. They don't really want to touch laptops. So we buddy up with them. And, and in fact, I'm... Um, I'm a BNI member, and that's kind of taught me the, the ethos of that, if you like, because we met someone who is our competitor, and as you were saying early, earlier, Phil, I, I sat across the table from them thinking, well, they're a competitor, you know, I don't, but actually, 
we've ended up doing they, they do stuff that we don't do and, and vice versa as well it's worked really well both ways so yeah do get to know your competitors and uh, also look for referral partners such as people who do mobile phones and they can be a good stream of income for you yeah that, that's true and um, we work with our local competitors again we don't do mobile phones we send them to there and they don't do call out so they send them to us and so forth we don't really charge or send a bill to each other we just say right you get those jobs and if you have any you send us some but you can have other things like um advanced data recovery because not everyone's got a, a white room or a clean room or whatever on the facility to be able to strip laptop hard drives down or pc hard drives or whatever or recover data on an sd card or whatever is send them off to somewhere okay name dropping here for somewhere like allison at eadr um they've been on the show before um if you send off the stuff to them or even get the customer to send the stuff directly to them so you're just basically passing on their name uh, as long as that customer basically tells the, that person that you sent them the, then you'll get some sort of commission potentially from them so i know for yeah. example we recommended a customer just i think it was last week or a couple of weeks ago to eadr all we did was recommend them so uh, i think they were sent the customer sent us an email we just uh, basically says hey your best thing to do is contact these guys at eadr and and they'll sort you out and even tag them in. And uh, um, a couple of weeks later, we got uh, we basically got 50 quid for basically just passing an email on So because they were managed to recover the data. So um, so it's good knowing people. Again, the ADR, there's probably other data recovery companies out there that do the same service. Uh, but again, uh, it's referral schemes can be helpful. And again, even on security software, I know in Bullguard's not everyone's best books at the moment with the Norton stuff and all that, but um, even reselling stuff like that is ideal because it's a reoccurring income you get every year from it. So either A, you can resell it, or B, if not, um, you get commission if they buy it online. So I think it's 25% for a standard user and 30 if you're an advanced user or something like that. So um, so even if the customer moves abroad and then renews Bulgar for 10 years in a row, you get that 25, 30% commission every year for 10 years. Um, so, and that adds up. Um, it's enough to go on holiday every year, I tell you. So, uh, and our commission goes up every single year. But obviously make sure you get a security company you like and you're happy with, and you're not just recommending any old person or company just because they're gonna give you extra money every year. Yeah, yeah. Ben, Ben, we haven't heard too much from you. Do you have any other ideas why people shouldn't have a store? Um, good question. I'm not sure. I, I think I'm well talked out now tonight. Um, I, I think <laughs> whether you have a store or whether you work from home, though, what I would say is word of mouth is key. And I think just knocking on what Chris said earlier about the Google reviews and getting folks to leave the Google reviews is really paramount as well. Um, what I normally do, because you're not allowed to pay people for leaving reviews, it's not allowed and I would go against those rules. But what I'll do is when they come back in the next time, I'll do them like a five pound discount off the next purchase or a five pound discount off an extra fare. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the work from home camp, sorry. I, uh, yeah, I enjoy it and I wouldn't, wouldn't change it, I don't think. Like I said, I think the best you'll get out of me will be to open a unit and maybe work for myself in a small unit, just, or for storage than anything else. 
Well, that's it. Everyone's different and everyone sees themselves different ways. And just because you think that you want a shop doesn't necessarily mean you need a shop either. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, for sure. Um, I, I think just to go back to the comment section as well, one thing that Cormie said about the, the respectability of working from home has very much changed, I would say, particularly in this last year, because the one thing I found with the whole COVID thing, with the shops being shut, I ended up picking up a lot of footfall from the main shops in the city centre. Who are now having to travel further because they can't get the, the local shop and yeah people are sort of finding out where you are and they find that you're offering a good service and it's kind of knocking that sort of bedroom fader reputation on the head of it you know yeah i get what you mean um so that's true i'm gonna say i think you'd do well with an office or something like that get you away or build a build a office at the back of your house or something convert a garage or something like that but, and, and uh, fill it up with lots of amigos phil right yeah, well, that's you said it, not me. Uh, I knew you were going to add an Amiga into the show somewhere along oh, the line. Come on, might break that out of a lifetime. It, it was a bit of a we, this week ago, actually. I don't think we've done a show with you without an Amiga and being mentioned. <laughs> um, so, um, some comments from. Let's go go for the chat really quick. So, uh, having a business premises can also allow you that cut off from work home. It can yeah. do, unless you're like me and you just want to work anyway. Or yeah, it's you and me both. Though. You just do it. Um, uh, yeah, it's so we've got a shop, and then we decide. Oh yeah, we'll have a um, do a studio as well, and then you're working at home doing this. And it's you, some people can cut off, some people can't. Doesn't matter how hard you try, just doesn't always work. Even on holiday, it's I'm sort of like forced to lock in like a my phone in a drawer somewhere, sort of things. So uh, I'm not looking up something or whatever. So uh, it is hard when you when you're the boss. But I found that since I've had the store, to be honest even more so than before we had the store because obviously you can't i think ben said it before you can't just work when you want to work so you can't just go oh, i'm gonna have the day off if you run in the store if you're the only one who works in there or you may just have one member of staff you may need to be in there six days a week or whatever it is so just bear that in mind you've got to work nine till five or whatever time you decide to open um that's a good point um, on that point, Phil, um, something about shop, consistency is very important. You know, yeah. obviously, some of us have touched on the fact that you want to work when you want to work, um, and that's that's fine when you're, you know, a bedroom trader or, or working out of an industrial unit. You don't have people visit you, but when you're a shop, you've got to be open the hours you say you're going to be open because people get mighty upset if they turn up and you're not there, and, and you do lose. You know, I mean, look, I had a member of staff who. Frustrating, but you know it's the law. They're entitled to a half an hour undisturbed lunch break. He wanted to close for that half an hour, and it's like people would turn up, and he's not open, and and they're like, "Well, I want to collect my machine," you know. And at the time, I didn't have the need for another member of staff, so it was like I can't afford to employ someone for half an hour lunch break. But you know, um, but yeah, people do get upset if you're if you're not open, and they've come to collect or drop off their machine, and they've. Taking time off, especially to do that. 
So yes, yeah, I, I must admit consistency is one of the big things I always go on about, and I say consistency is key. And again, just not just in opening times and hours working. That's on every work practice you do. So if you have a, a specific way you repair things or clean things or whatever, you need to be consistent in how you offer that service and do that service. There's nothing worse than what, let's just say a customer brought the machine in one year and you do it a certain way and they bring it in the next year and you don't do that exact standard it's not very consistent and it looks like you're maybe going downhill or you're not doing the job properly and so forth so consistency to me is always key on pretty much anything so uh, and that's why i'm uh, for example do the shows they're always the same time every week so everyone knows and the last for roughly the same amount of time and we always know ben's going to mention an amiga every week it's consistent <laughs> okay so uh, gives you a rough idea. So documenting your process is is very important as well, yeah. especially as you start to have members of staff that, although you can train them, you know sometimes they they sort of lose that you know what they were doing or whatever or the way they were doing it. So you've got that documentation that you can say this is the way we do it. This is the way that it, it needs to be done. Yeah. The process that needs to be followed, um, and and. Uh, Going back to, or even if you're, you know, you're working out of your home, I think it's still important. We have a document that we use to check machines in. Uh, we take photos of the machines, um, you know, whether or not we've taken the charges, the bags, how did it work, so on and so forth. Just a document to check it in. And that all goes on our CRM. Um, and the way that we do that is documented so that you keep it uniform for everybody. So, yeah, consistency is definitely key, as you say. Okay, I think my camera's just paused for some reason. I'll try and get yeah. that back up and running in a second. But, uh, uh, yeah, it just disappeared, so it's gone black. So I'll sort that out in a second. Um, some of the other things being mentioned is security is a big issue. Um, yeah, it definitely is, Brian. Um, so the more stuff you're going to have in your store, obviously the more you need either insurance, security cameras, whatever it may be. You have to think of how you position everything in your store as well because obviously lots of different things uh, can happen. Let me just swap over onto my other camera, see if that works. Uh, let me see if I pop back on. With insurance as well, um, you very often so, – so recently we upped our – um, our level in insurance and the insurance company said oh well actually or the underwriter said well we want you to have this certain security in place and we were like mm, you know we haven't got that in place and it's going to cost us a lot of money to put it in place so I said are you able to take that clause out and perhaps increase the premium we increased my premium by about eight pounds a year when I would have had to spend about four or five grand to put in this security it's a no-brainer really isn't it so um, yeah that's yeah. def def definitely and obviously make sure you've got the right locks on your doors and make sure your insurance company knows absolutely everything i think one of our members got caught out was either last year or the year before because they had a flat roof or something the insurance company was uh, a little bit iffy about uh, uh, doing things because there was flat roof and he probably didn't declare it or whatever there's it, it, all sorts of minefields it's probably best to get some security expert out to come and have a look at your place or even get the insurance company if it's a local one to come out and basically check the place over so they know exactly what it's like just in case there's some sort of loophole like you've got a flat 
roof or your window's yeah. a certain shape or whatever, um, or it even has a weird colour to it, you, they'll, they'll find some reason not to, not to insure you. Uh, not to so. that. They'll happily take your money, but it's when you come yeah, to pay that, that's the problem. One of the big ones, for example, the building premises that I'm, I'm setting up, I'm expanding in, we should say, with getting the shop side of it, is it's used by multiple businesses, we'll say. Uh, it's run by a different one. So one of the issues they had, they said on my insurance was, they didn't want it, so all of my doors were on the master key. In other words, what, anyone could get that master key and just go in when, when I'm not there. Um and yeah, I had to make sure speak, I mentioned that to the landlord. I just, they were fine with it, but yeah, the the, the insurance is always a key thing. And if you upset them, well, it's not worth what you're paying, is it? That's the no. That's true. I mean, I've, I've had um, I've been insured uh, for for a number of years with his box, and we've had a claim or two. Um, you know, I'm not going to deny it. It happens. Uh, and I've always found them very good. Um, you know, there are a few different insurers out there, but they're fairly mainstream and, and fairly uh, amiable. Yeah. Yeah, um, I generally yeah. use brokers for my insurance and stuff, but uh, usually. So do we? Yeah, we're we're insured through a broker, but it's it's with his yeah. stocks. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a question, Phil. Just a, a silly question, or a stupid question, or question. No, no stupid ones are allowed. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, go on. The only, stupid, only stupid questions are the one you don't ask. <laughs> I mean, I just obviously, if you go to get a shop and you, when you've when you've got the shop from the landlord, um, where do you where do you get your equipment from? As in, you know, your your things that you display things in. Um, you know, when you go in shops and they've got those uh, racks and everything on the wall. Um, the racking systems, yeah. Yeah, yeah those slat wall in and stuff. Um, where did we get ours from? I think we got ours from a warehouse clearance. I think it was on eBay or somewhere yeah. like that. There's plenty of places, to be honest. Yeah, I would say if you can find a shop near you that's um, shutting down or is doing a or, some, or something like that, you'd be surprised how cheap you can get racking system, that racking system or shelving from. Because it, it's going to cost them more to dispose of it than to sell it onto you. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Those um, slat walls can be those slat walls can be quite expensive. I know when we bought them what, about seven years ago and they were new, and I think they were about hundred and fifty quid per one by one meter slat yeah. wall. So they add quite up, but you can you can find them a lot in shop clearances and stuff like that, and they're getting rid of the whole lot for like hundred quid sort of thing. Yeah. And at the moment, there's a lot of stores closing, so uh, it's a good idea to uh, have a look around for people selling them on eBay or other places. But just have a look for. Uh, shop supplies or shops shelving on Google, you're bound to find somewhere locally. Right. I've seen in quite a lot of shops that do the um the, the the black the black shelving units where you put the hooks mm-hmm. on. They look quite nice, but I never really knew where to get them from. Obviously, no, they're going to be expensive. I can understand that buying them brand new. Um, but yeah, it's just it it it's like you, you've obviously got to go to Google and Google it. But I, I wasn't even sure what to Google. I wasn't sure what they were called. Um, I don't know what people use for, like Jenny was mentioned earlier on, that you had something to put a till on when you first opened a shop. Like I've never, I've never had a shop, so it's a bit daunting as to what to get and where to get it from. First time. You know what? We bought uh, when I did both my shops. We bought countertop 
um, like the sort of thing you use in the kitchen. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it's covered with a sort of veneer, looks like um, wood, and that's ideal, really. We built shelves underneath it, countertop, bit of MDF on the front of it. You've got yourself some shelving, you've got yourself a counter. Works really well, and it's, it's relatively inexpensive. Is it just like kitchen units? Is that underneath? Yeah, yeah it's, it's not kitchen units, no. So ours is built out of two by two um, as a frame. And then there's MDF on, on either sides, which we've just painted blue because that's the colour of our shop. Um, and then uh, just a piece of work, work top on top. I mean, it's 600 deep, three metres long. It's ideal. And it's about £50. Pounds. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the places, I mean, uh, the other one is if you've got where bars and and pubs are closing down as well. Um, my silk area that I've getting set up, um, it's actually, I've actually been given, well, I had to pay about 30 quid for it. It's coming from a pub that shut down local to me. So I'm literally just paying petrol for the getting this um, bar unit. You know, if it's a small mini bar, you get in the side rooms in pubs, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I'm, that's going to be my till area, basically. So, yeah, I was going to say, a lot of our shop is made from those kitchen boards as well, to be honest with you. We usually just get some legs or whatever. Uh, our studio, to be honest, and a lot of our studio will probably look good in, in the shop, and all it is is basically pigeonholes, what you buy from here, Ikea, um, and then we just basically nailed on the top kitchen boards, basically, um, and you've got shelving and the table is sometimes it's been unique about getting things uh, sometimes um you can buy those kitchen boards of what 60 quid for like about four or five meters long or something daft like that it's they're not expensive so and they're very durable as well we use them in the workshops and everything so uh, i think some of the, the boards we've got we've had over 10 years sort of thing so uh, and they still look pretty much new when you clean them uh, when if you build them to a uh, reasonable height as well, then you've got, I mean, I'm just looking at ours, we've got three levels of storage and then we bought some of those uh, really useful boxes and they just go under there brilliantly, label them, you know, you know what cables and what you've got and what makes it makes that kind of thing nice and easy. That's uh, um it's it's just really down to what you can find sometimes. You can get cheap IKEA stuff, you can get obviously make something up. It's it's really how you want it to look. Uh, if you're going for just a repair shop, you don't have to worry too much to start with what the front of the store is going to look like. You just want an area people can come in and stand. Um, people can't generally sit in stores for long these days, if at all, uh, at the moment, due to obviously COVID and all that. So, and a lot of people aren't buying. Uh, probably as much as they used to because, well, we can't get any stock, uh, namely graphics cards. <laughs> um, so uh, we won't go over that one again. But, yeah, so I think at the moment where you make your profit from is from repairs, services, um, class, part of, like items to sell, like laptops as add-ons and stuff. Okay, you can make quite a bit of profit on a laptop, but generally – Everything you do on services and so forth is pretty much 100% profit, uh, apart from obviously your general costs like wages and stuff like that. So try and aim more for that side of things. And obviously you can do a lot more services before you um, break the VAT threshold if you um, uh, haven't done it yet uh, than if you sold like a few laptops. When you think about it, you sell, you can only sell 80 laptops at a grand a piece a year before you break the VAT threshold, where you can do hell of a lot more services and you'll get hell of a lot more profit out of it. So it's not always about 
selling the most expensive thing it's sometimes finding what you'll sell or able to make more profit out of and that's how we aim things is make more profit through the services uh then the actual sales the sales are a bit of an add-on adds on top um obviously people have needs but our main things and services our laptops may seem overpriced to some people but we offer them as part of the service includes setting them up security data transfer and stuff all in the price um where other people might charge 150 200 quid less for the laptop um well, these are new ones obviously um but they obviously charge all those things as extras but we include that in the price and if they don't want those extras that's fine um they still get it for the same price so extras obviously service-wise is where you're going to make your money and try and make some reoccurring money as well through security online backup um, even uh, maintenance contracts stuff like that because obviously when things do go quiet and you don't get any work coming in uh, having a income coming in every month obviously pays the bills and that's with us if let's put it this way if i had no work coming for the next uh, month I know from all the reoccurring income we've got from um, all our security products as well as maintenance contracts, uh, online backup, uh, that'll pay all our bills. So it doesn't matter if we get no customers. Well, it does, but you know what I'm getting at. It covers all the bills. You still got um, feed on the table. Exactly. You can still 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 feed everyone. So that's a good thing. Right. I think we've done most of the chat. I think... Uh, there's a few we haven't answered and i don't think we've got really time to answer anymore because we're already been going an hour and a half already does anyone who's on the show have anything else that would like to add so ben um, obviously Chris. confidence mm -hmm. um you know you've got to have a certain amount of confidence there's somebody who i use as a business mentor that says if you don't risk anything you risk everything and to a certain degree it's true you've got to have a certain degree of risk um know your audience don't jump deep as people have said on the show don't jump head first into it um but at the same time if you if you think it's the right thing for you uh, and you're willing to put in that commitment then dip your toes in the water it can be worthwhile yeah david tim ben do you have anything you would add no no, no. No. So, right. So I think we're going to finish it off there. And I think uh, what Chris said about confidence is a good thing to finish it on because the more confidence you have, the better you are at selling, the better you are running your business. So I completely agree with that. And one of the things I would recommend you guys, and one way to get your confidence up, if you're not going to get arrested for having too many amigas, is... Um, sorry. Uh, but one of the things I would suggest you do is... Do public speaking. That'll increase your confidence. Something yes. like this. Believe it or not, I hate talking to people. And I think I do a lot better now after doing, well, quite a few shows, videos, and so forth. Your confidence is a lot better, and you seem to – people – me more reassured about what you're saying and what you're doing because you don't look like that nervous person who doesn't want to sell them anything because, well, techs don't like talking to people. We just like talking to computers and stuff, which is 
well, God save any tech who ever gets a girlfriend sort of thing. The most techs do not like, well, they do like girls, but they're too scared to talk to them. And it's a similar thing. So uh, that's why so many techs don't have girlfriends and so forth. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of us who do, women have wives and whatever, but it's one of those things uh, you always find that tech, the, uh, the the geeky looking one sitting in the back corner or whatever, what's uh, scared of everyone. But if you get onto a show like this, get talking, not even this show, do your own live show. Do your own videos for your company. Do YouTube videos. Show off your company and Facebook. Video is the prime thing. And people want to see people's faces. You'll get more interaction on anything when you show your face. And when you talk more, it builds your confidence. And in the long run, you'll just keep on talking and talking like I'm doing now, and it'll make no sense. But still, you've got the confidence, and it doesn't matter. Go uh, networking okay. as well. Networking is another brilliant one. Okay. Networking. Yeah, networking. We'll probably have a show about networking in the future, a bit more depth on that one. Right, guys. So we're going to call it a night now then. So if you would like, obviously, to join Tech for Text and you're not Tech for Text member, go to techfortext.co.uk forward slash join. Uh, there you can find over 1,200 UK members. It's totally free to join. We don't charge you no membership fees. And you basically can interact with everyone who you spoke to on or seen on this show uh, as well as a lot more. So next week we do have a show at 8 o'clock at 8 p.m. Uh, that show is five tech tips or something along that lines. So Cormac's going to be on, so no doubt it's going to be an interesting show and have lots of chickens on there. So, right, guys, we'll see you all next week, 8 o'clock. And, again, thanks for watching. Hey, later, Night, everyone. Yeah.